The following audio is from LaGrange Church of Christ, located in Texas. For more information about LaGrange Church of Christ, please visit our website at www.lagrangecoc.com. Well, grace and peace to you this morning. Um, So glad that you're here today. I want to make one announcement uh, for next Sunday evening. We will be taking the van over to Smithville. So if anyone wants to, to ride in the van, um, get here around 430 and, and we'll leave uh, from this building to go to Smithville for the singing. I heard uh, several compliments about my sermon last week, but I also heard something uh, quite tragic. There, there's a couple people here, and I'm not going to name names, but have never listened to Bob Dylan. Uh, that's, I, I feel like a failure, you know. Um, Gotta try harder. Well, um, if you have your Bible, you can open up to Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah chapter 60. And I want us to focus on the first five verses here in, in Isaiah chapter 60. The prophet writes Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory shall be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around, and see, they all gather together, they come to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be carried on the the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. If I were to ask you what marks a new day, I think most of you would probably say light. Now in modern times we have things like alarm clocks and smartphones and computers And all kinds of other gadgets and and technology to tell us the day and time. But light is still extremely important. We are awakened when light creeps in through our window and shines on our face. When the sun goes down and the light disappears, we know the day is almost over. And a lack of light can often be detrimental. There are places around the world that receive less light than other places. And these areas have higher rates of depression and suicide. Recently, I was listening to a radio program that was going over the details of Bo Bergdahl's captivity. And for five years, he was a prisoner of the Taliban. And during that time, he was beaten and he was kept in a cage But he said one of the worst things about his captivity was being alone in a dark room. You could not tell whether it was day or night. Uh, You never knew what time it was. And he says that was almost worse than the torture, than the beatings. Sometimes we don't realize the importance of light until it is taken from us. And light is very important within Scripture. It's a theme that runs throughout the Bible. The first thing that God does is create light, Genesis 1 and verse 3. Without light, there can be no life. We are dependent upon it. 
The Magi are able to find Jesus because they are guided by a heavenly light. Matthew 2 verses 1 and 2. Jesus is described as the light of the world. In the beginning of the Gospel of John, the apostle focuses on this quality of the Son of God. He says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. And he came as a witness to bear witness about the light. That all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And so we are called to follow in the footsteps of Jesus and reflect the light of God to the rest of the world. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, we are the light of the world, Matthew 5, 14. We're also called uh, children of light in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 5. And so light comes from God. It is associated with God. It's associated with his son, Jesus. And we have a responsibility to walk in this light and to share it with everyone that we meet. And so when Jesus comes into the world, the light gets turned on. And light reveals things. But it does this in different ways. You know, most of us know and understand that if something is lost in the dark, then what we need is a light. And so a flashlight or a lamp is able to reveal what we cannot see. And this is basic. But there are also times in life when we are unable to see things with our mind. And so we're blinded. We're walking around in the dark and we need a mental light to be turned on so we can grasp what we cannot get. And the moment that that light bulb sort of goes off in our head is called an epiphany. And we've probably all experienced this sometime in our life. We've been trying to understand a concept or we've been trying to to solve a problem. And, And maybe we've tried for a long time. Maybe we've tried for hours or days. And all of a sudden, it just clicks. And it's perfectly clear to us. Well, the world before Jesus came into it was dark. It was not just dark because bad things were happening. You know, this is something that's occurred throughout the history of humanity. Bad things have happened. Tragedy and and other things. But it was dark because people had not heard from God in a very long time. Prophecy had ended. No one knew what God would do next. They knew things were not right, but they had no idea how God was going to make them right. They had some ideas, but no one knew for certain. They also didn't have a clear picture of God. They knew a lot of things about God. They knew some things about his character, but no one had ever seen God. And so when Jesus arrives, he is like an epiphany for the entire world. He reveals who God is. He reveals what God's plan is. And people begin to awaken to what God is doing. And those who decide to follow Jesus begin to see things more clearly. We as Christians have a distinct vision. Paul talks about this in Romans 12 and verse 2. Where he tells us not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewal of our mind. 
that by testing we may be able to discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. When we become a Christian, we are changed. Uh, We no longer see things in a worldly way. Paul says right here in this passage that we are transformed. We become something different. Our mind is renewed through study and prayer and meditation in order that we may discern what is good and acceptable and perfect. And what this means is that we see in a different light. We look at the world and it looks different to us now that we are a Christian. So what does the light reveal to us? What do we see now that we could not see before? Well, it applies to every aspect of our life. But let me talk about three specific areas this morning. Our worship, our world, and our work. To the outsider, worship may look a little strange. In fact, the pagans accused the early Christians of cannibalism. They heard that the Christians uh, ate the flesh and blood of their Lord and Savior. And so they assumed that this is what they were actually doing, and they called Christians cannibals. Uh, We don't receive complaints like that nowadays, but worship is still strange to someone who is not familiar with our language and and our customs. Uh, When I was a campus minister, I I worked with international students, mainly from Japan. And one day, I was explaining baptism to them. Uh, They they didn't really know anything about Christianity at all. Um, They they come from a culture that has Buddhism and and Shintoism, but... um, uh, They really don't know anything about Christianity. And so I was going over baptism, and I told them that baptism represented the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord. And one of the students raised his hand, and he asked why we didn't use dirt. And he thought that since baptism represented burial, that dirt is what we should use. There are many things that seem normal to us, but strange to outsiders. But worship goes much deeper than the unfamiliar. We know that there is much more to worship than what we can see with our eyes. The author of Hebrews describes all that is happening in Christian worship, which we cannot see. Listen to what he says. But you have come to Mount Zion, And to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. How can this be? It is because we literally see in a different way after we become a Christian. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 7 that we walk by faith, not by sight. And so the light reveals things about worship that we never knew before. And what seems strange and insignificant to outsiders 
is really powerful and formative. And when we gather for worship, we're surrounded by angels. Heaven is open, and we join our voices with the faithful who have gone on before us. But most importantly, when we come to worship, we are in the presence of God and Jesus. And there are amazing things happening in worship that we only know because we walk by faith and we see things in a different light. The light also reveals certain things about our world. When we look around, it's easy to focus on what is wrong with the world. What is bad and what is evil tends to make the evening news. And so we're constantly reminded that darkness is alive and well. We hear about shootings and terrorist attacks and much more. And everyone recognizes that there's something wrong with this world. It doesn't matter whether you're religious or not. The one thing that makes us different is that we know some things. We know who created this world. And we know that God is coming back one day and he's going to make all things right. And so as we look around the world, we're able to see things from a different perspective. We know that this world was created good by God. And we know that it's God's plan to redeem all things. And because we know God, we know true beauty and we know the source of true beauty. And so we see things in a different light. We praise God for his beautiful creation. We see the image of God in people who are broken and people who are hurting. We see potential and we see beauty where the world sees none. And when Jesus came into this world, he saw others that people tended to overlook. He found meaning in the meaningless. And so there are many things to praise in this world. There are things that remind us of God's beauty. And there are other things that may not look beautiful to people in the world. But these are things that God is still working on. And we serve a God who does amazing things. Finally, the light reveals things about our work. And I'm not talking about our vocations here. Uh, certainly, God brings meaning to our everyday jobs. But I'm talking about something deeper. I'm talking about mission here. I'm talking about our ultimate calling to be a follower of Jesus. And so, before we encountered Jesus, our life had very little purpose. We may have been pursuing wealth or fame. We may have focused all our time and energy on worldly pursuits. But after we give ourselves to Jesus, the, tra the trajectory of our life changes. We devote ourselves to different pursuits. Our priorities change. We fix our eyes on Jesus and we begin to move in a different direction. And so the light reveals to us what is meaningful and what is not. Living in the darkness often means pursuing things which will not last. 
How sad would it be to devote your whole life to something that did not matter? But when we begin to walk in the light, we start to pursue things which are eternal. We realize that money and power is not all that important. But people created in the image of God are. And so we invest ourselves in human beings. We seek first the kingdom of God. And we work to tell people the good news about Jesus Christ. And part of our work includes proclaiming the light that we are now a part of. And so Jesus is the light. And we are merely reflectors of that light. But as we live in this light, we begin to see things in a new way. And so our job, our responsibility is to tell people about the the many different ways that Jesus has blessed our life. And I think this is beautifully described in a poem, part of a poem by Mary Oliver. She writes, instructions for living a life. Pay attention. Be astonished. Tell about it. And I think this is exactly what we're called to do. This is our mission. We are to pay attention. Pay attention to God's word. Pay attention to God's magnificent creation and all it has to to teach us. We're to pay attention to God's work in this world. And we're to be astonished. We're to be astonished at God's plan for all things. We are to be astonished at the things that God has created. We are to be astonished at what God has done in each of our lives. And finally, we're to tell others about all this. We're to tell them about God's goodness. We're to tell them about God's grace and his mercy. Listen once again to the call from Isaiah. Listen to what we are supposed to do. Arise. Shine. For your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth. And thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you. And his glory will be seen upon you. We are to rise up and shine. We are to be lights in this dark world. We are to let the glory of God be seen in us. And this is what we're called to do every day of our life. We should remind ourselves of this every morning. We should ask ourselves before we leave our home, how am I going to reflect God's glory today? What am I going to do today that will let people see Jesus living in me? The world knows darkness. When we talk about darkness, we're not telling them anything new. The world is living in darkness. It's overwhelmed by darkness. What the world needs is a little bit of light. We are God's light bearers and we are called to bring light to a dark and dying world 
Are you prepared this morning to live out that calling? Let's pray. Father of lights, creator of all things, we come before your throne this morning and we, we praise you for everything that you've done for us, for everything that you've done in this world. When we look around, it's sometimes easy for us to get down on the situation which we live in. We know that darkness is strong and it's powerful and that many people live within its grips. But we're also aware that you have called us to something different. That you have called us out of that darkness and into your light. And that you have given us a mission to walk in this light, to reflect this light, and to point people towards Jesus who is the light of this world help us do this in our communities help us do this in our families help us do this in the places we work and the places we go to school help us be a light in a dark world Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.